Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. We are, we are going to embark on, on this journey that God has called us to, to become a relevant church in our community. But we also feel that God is changing a couple of things in-house. So there will be new faces emceeing, and there will be new faces singing, and, and there will be new faces preaching. We did it last year where we partnered with some of the people. And can people please just stop asking me that Fran and Jenny should preach more often? I've heard you, and I'm slightly insulted that you didn't ask for me. <laughs> enough, people, enough. But there will be more preachers coming through because I feel and we feel that God will want us to send people out, but also maybe start another evening service, another service. Who knows? God knows He's given us enough worship, worship and musos to, to fill a, a, a church, but it's not for us. It's for us to send out. So this morning, long story short, it's a joint preaching one. Yay. Yeah. Now for anybody who stood up here for the very first time, you will know that it is quite daunting. Because in LRC we do promote opinions. And when you stand up here, you can almost sense what opinions are floating about in whose brains when you stand up here. I'm going to ask you to switch off your opinions this morning, but switch on to God's thoughts. Is that all right? I've got two guest speakers or, uh, that, that's going to speak with me. It's Daryl Lana and Andrew Fath. Yeah. Now, guys, my ego is big enough to deal with the no response on a Sunday. They have no ego. They're the most humble people I've ever met. So you're going to have to engage them and pay attention. Is that all right? I want them to feel as comfortable up here as they do down there because that's what it's about, us talking to brothers and sisters. Is that fair? Cool bananas. Turn in your Bibles to James 1, verse 22 to 25. Are you there? When you're there, please just look up. Then I can see that you are there. We are not reading yet. Wonderful. So we are, I'm quite a Disney fan. Anybody else with me? I know Kat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of my favorite ones, and don't judge me for this, is Mulan. I love Mushu. I love the, the jokes. I, I love how he calls the horse a cow. I, I love it. But one of the most significant moments in the movie is when she goes home after she's met the matchmaker and the matchmaker said to her you will never bring your family honor you might look like a bride but you will never never bring your family honor because there was a comical situation that that gave rise to her destroying the matchmaker's house and she goes home and she's dejected she walks in with her mom and with her grandma and the mom goes to the dad and she sees her mom speak to the dad and they look so dejected and disappointed and, they, and she walks down to the river and she starts to sing this song, um, Reflection. But parts of the words is, who is this girl I see staring straight back at me? 
Why is my reflection someone I don't know? Somehow I cannot hide who I am, though I've tried. When will my reflection show who I am inside? When will my reflection show who I am inside? Mulan went to the matchmaker with all the admonitions written on her arm so that she could recite them. Pour the tea with dignity before you snack, act. <laughs> and and you, you need to treat your family, the, the, your husband's family with respect and honor. This will bring you honor. And she had it there written and she read it. And yet the matchmaker said to her, you will never bring your family honor. There's honor on you, there's honor on your cow, there's honor on your family. <laughs> Mulan. She, and she says, when will they reflect? She goes on to be, according to, to um, history, the first female warrior in, in the, it was based on a, on a real events. I don't know how to say it. But she acts with honor and dignity when she is out on the battlefield without having to read it from her arm. And she says, when will my reflection show who I am inside? Who she was inside was what was written on her arm. She just didn't realize it. She was so full of honor and dignity and self-sacrifice that that she didn't have to be dressed up like a bride with the admonitions written on her arm to live them out, which we see as the movie unfolds. Who are you reflecting? I think in today's day and age, we forget who we are inside and we live up to reflect what we are supposed to reflect according to society. But this morning's message is going to be about reflecting what is inside. Who you are. Not who you thought you were, who you were, or who you think you are, but who God says you are. Now, there is always this little dilemma is, do I do things because I want to be accepted by God? And we all say to that, no. Okay, well, my wife and I say to that, no. Just believe us. We do what is righteous and pleasing before God because we are accepted and loved by Him. Right, we have some, some more yeses there. Yes. We don't live for His approval. We live because we are approved by Him. We are accepted by Him. So this message, you can easily lose yourself and see the religion and the legalism in it. Oh, that's what they're saying. I need to do this and this and this and this. Hello, Jane. It's so good to see you with us. I missed you. Mrs. Ward is with us. Praise God. And um, so, so don't make a list out of this morning's message. Hear the intent and the heart behind it. Is that all right? Am I confusing you? No. All right. James 1, 22 to 25. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. 
For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. This word religion that James is talking about is not religion as in we contrast it today, religion versus relationship. This was, according to him, relationship with Jesus. This person's relationship with God is worthless. That's what he's saying here. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. As a quick intro before Andy comes and shares with us what, what, what we need to do, and then Daryl comes and, and tunes us what, what we as a, as a people need to do. The passage here, be doers, not hearers. There's no use in us being able to recite verse after verse after verse of the Bible, but it hasn't become alive and part of us. You are deceiving yourself if you do this Sunday after Sunday, just sitting, listening, amen, that's good, yes, I agree, making a note, and never, never allows it to penetrate and soften and permeate through you and flow out of you when you are there out in the world. A hearer forgets, a doer acts. Who are we, people? Love-reaching communities. And if I had to ask you which church do you go to, you're going to say, Alasi. <laughs> Can I ask you to change that thought in your mind to love reaching communities? So that when it comes out of you, people should say, that makes sense. Because yo, you are like the epitome and the personification of love. I have experienced it much, much uh, far before you actually told me. That was the worst sentence in the world, but you understand what I'm saying. Every Sunday we tell you the same thing. Is it bubbling out of you yet? Is it coming out of you? Has it become life in you? Or are you going to sit like Mulan and write it on your arm to go and tell a matchmaker that's who you are? Andrew. Morning all. If you can just uh, turn to Song of Songs chapter 2 while I set up. So just to take off on where your hand left off, uh, just reminded at work, and I'm praying I'm not one of these people, but you often meet Christians at work. And you're sometimes surprised because you see the behavior in meetings or at lunch breaks, and you think, well, how do those two tie up? And I think it points back to this thing, is are we actually behaving and acting what we as Christians and what God has called us to do? 
So last year I came across an interesting uh, article uh, around hospitals and how they were picking up infection rates in the surgery rooms and it was baffling them. Uh, I don't know if you know much about surgery, but before the surgeons and the nurses and the doctors, and it's quite a team that goes into that room, before they get into that room, they've got a scrub and they rub their arms and they scrub for like literally five minutes to get all the germs and stuff off. And then they put these big gloves on right up to the elbows. Someone else actually puts the gloves on for them. You know, they really want to be as uh, contaminant free as possible when they enter into this room because often they're going to do surgery on the inside. It's not just putting ointment on someone's skin. And what they found eventually out was there was infections coming and they couldn't explain why until someone eventually said, and found that surgeons were taking these into the surgery room, cell phones. And I don't know how many of you guys wash your cell phones before you eat your dinner, but it doesn't happen in my house, so I don't do it. And the same thing was happening with the doctors. They were not scrubbing their cell phones. They were preparing everything else, but they forgot about that little cell phone in their pocket. And it's, it's common practice, doctors are allowed to, in the surgery rooms, they can take photos for educational purposes, for um, training, and also for you know, reviewing what happened during the surgery. And lo and behold, they put their hand in their pocket, and now the Staphylococcus virus is on their hands, or bacteria, not virus. Um, and then they would carry on with the surgery and would get inside. And yes, they do antibiotic treatments and all of that, but it officially became a thing. It got recognized by hospitals, and now they've got a whole procedure on how cell phone use uh, needs to be handled in, 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 the in, the, in the surgeries. So, as Johan was saying, us Christians, we are called to minister to others. And I liken that to, we are almost like midwives and nurses in the theater of God, where you know, it's part of our duty, it's part of our calling to go out and to bring people into this wonderful relationship we have with God. And now we are all carriers of something, it's by design. And we are either carrying things that can affect people or infect them. And God's plan and desire is that we are carrying the things that are affecting them for God's kingdom and for his purpose. And that we don't infect them with our baggage, with our nonsense. So you've got Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, chapter 2. If you can go to verse 13. 13 to 15. It says, The fig tree ripens its figs. And the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. So if we just look at that first sentence, it's a blossoming relationship. I'm sure most people know the Song of Songs is a deep love relationship, and it reflects something of God's heart with us, that he wants to be intimate with us and have that love deep relationship with each and every one of us. And as we are staying focused and we mature in Christ, we become like those vines, the fig trees that become in blossom. They, they're producing fruit. And, you know, the, Jesus says that whoever's, you know, attached to him, he is the vine. And if you're attached to him, that fruit should be starting to come. And it says there, they give forth fragrance. And that is the key, is that are we giving forth the fragrance of Christ? in our relationships with others and in our interaction during the week. So the second part of that verse, which when I was reading it, my religiosity really got shook because I always thought, you know, Christian growing up, I grew up in a Christian household. It was up to me. You know, I had to find the foxes. I had to 
go to church. I had to, as Johan said, have all these checklists. And yet this is the bride asking the bridegroom, who's Jesus. And she says, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil our vineyards. Those little foxes that spoil our relationship with God, he is catching them for us. We just have to submit and say, come, Lord, search my heart, catch these things, find these little soul phones in our lives that we weren't aware of, that when we're going into our workplaces or into our meetings or into the schools or the, wherever it is that we are communing with people, that that love will reach our communities, wherever that may be, and that these little foxes don't infect that we would actually be an affection and show the fragrance of Christ. In Psalms 139, it refers to this relationship. It says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. And a little bit on in verse 23, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And the picture I got there, interesting, we've got a dog here this morning, but it was a border collie. Now, I don't know if you've seen much of how border collies and the shepherds, how their relationship is there, but these border collies, they're like this, and they're watching that shepherd. They don't watch the sheep, they're watching the shepherd, because that shepherd tells them, go left, that dog will run around left to go and bring the sheep in, then that shepherd will do a different whistle, and that dog will dart, you know, it's immediate. And those dogs are like, it's laser precision on that shepherd. It will not let go. There can be other shepherds on the field. There can be a, a bear walking past. That dog will look at the shepherd. It will not look to left or to the right. And, you know, that is just a wonderful picture of how Jesus is our shepherd. And do we have that laser crystal focus on him so we won't go to the left? And when the bears come and when these nonsense and trials come, we, we don't worry. We're keeping our eyes on God and we're saying, you tell me, do I go left, do I go right? The second point is God's word. And God has given us the most amazing gift in his word. And that we, we have the word which is like a mirror to us. And the more we read it, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to make it alive and living in us, it reflects us. It reflects the condition of our hearts. Um, and that's the amazing thing. You might read a scripture one day, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, that thing, that thing is touching a little fox in my heart. What are we going to do about it? You know, we can ignore it or we can say, yes, Lord, let's, let's work through this. Let's pray through it. Let's, what can we do? And in this day and age, there's lots of foxes. I mean, the culture of the day, there's different opinions. So one of the foxes is our thoughts and our mindsets. And that's one of, the, I think, the core things is that when we start believing these little wayward theories that the culture and the society wants to give to us, it, it can bring maybe a little bit off. And if we, we need to come back to God's word and say, but actually, what does God say about this situation? And, and what is that revelation I have from God? So we don't go off on tangents. And we see that there's churches, there's people that go off on tangents. We need to get back to God's word and have that plumb line. And I don't know if you know much about plumb lines, but they use it in construction. And it's basically they tie it to the top of the roof and it's a piece of rope that has a heavy weight. And then when that weight stops spinning uh, or swaying, that is the perfect vertical. It's using gravity. And they also use it when they want to measure, is something on the ground exactly centered with the thing on the ceiling? 
And it's like us in our lives. If we are wanting to say, are we exactly centered under God's will or are we walking outside of it? So the word is like that plumb line that says, come back. As that border collie is running around, the shepherd says, just come this way. Are we responsive? Are we listening? If we go back to that scripture that James talked about, uh, Johan was talking about James. <laughs> it says, James chapter 1, verse 19, there's a section that says, Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So that word, in the operating room of God, it's saving our souls, but also, if we are loaded with that word, if it's ingested in us, that fragrance of Christ, it comes out, and we will affect the people around us, and it will save their souls as well. It's not us doing it. The Holy Spirit is the surgeon, but we are in a relationship with God, and this is the partnership He's calling us to do. Psalms 37 says, verse 30 to 31 says, The mouth of the righteous us is wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of God is in his heart, and his steps do not slip. It's just so clear that when we really are plugged in, rooted in Christ in the vine, that the fruits of the Spirit will come out and our behaviors will change. In 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, it says, But set believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So may our speech be seasoned with salt, but also with grace. May we come with the love of Christ, and may our faith be built up so we are able to step out, to reach over that chasm, to step into where people are in need of what we have to bring them. And purity, what are those foxes? Are we watching too much Facebook? Are we spending too much time playing computer games? You know where you're pointing here. That's one of my vices. But, you know, are we asking God to reassess how we spend our time and say, let's find these foxes this year. Let's deal with them. And let's ask God in His grace, because His promises are true. He will rescue us. He's, he is mighty to save. So to take on from there, we're going to have Daryl, who's going to talk a bit more about the conduct. Well, thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, those little foxes, eh? Trying to make sure we get them out of our lives. So as Andrew said... I just want to talk a little bit around, uh, as Andrew spoke around, you know, getting our relationship right with God. I want to talk about getting our relationship with the community and those around us uh, stronger. Um, so my first point is, slow down. Breathe in. Take pauses. Sorry, that's for me. <laughs> but um, uh, about two years ago, just talking about... Uh, how to speak in public. I had the privilege of uh, sitting with about 20 of my colleagues, uh, and we sat down with the First Lady of Namibia, and uh, she spoke wonderfully about her heart for, for the nation and what she wanted to do, but she spoke about a technique she used uh, to, to get a point across, and she always said she starts with where she wants to end. She said, at the moment, you're all awake, you're listening to me, I'm new and fresh. By the time I finish, you're tired, you got bored, you got lost, you got distracted. So if you wanted people to hear what you have to say, start with the ending. So my ending is we're on a journey. We're the, the journey of making disciples, being discipled, and, become, and, uh, and discipling others. And that journey 
is to become more like Christ. Okay, so that's where I'm going to end up. But uh, to get there, uh, I just want to talk about our relationship with the community. Uh, there's, a, there's a place with, with Andrew's spoken about, dealing with the little foxes, dealing with our relationship with, with, with Jesus, and getting that right. But there's also verses in the Bible that encourage us to spur each other onto good works. The, the revelation says the lamb was clothed in the righteous acts of the saints. Jesus said in, in, the, in the Beatitudes, he said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and that they may glorify God. So I want to just talk a little bit about good works towards others. The, uh, the little foxes sometimes, I mean, Galatians 5 talks about the, the various things. The little foxes can be obvious. They can be envy. They can be strife, fits of rage, sexual immorality, divisions. But that same chapter also talks about what life in the spirit looks like. And those are fruits. And it's the fruits of the spirit. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And have we got those things in our lives? So I just want to quickly talk about three areas in our life where we need to deal with those around us and how God's glory and God's representative, our, uh, the, as we become more like Christ, how are we presenting to those three groups? The first group is towards our family and friends. Uh, when I first thought this, I thought, you know, that's an, that's an easy one because those are the easy people to love, hey? They're always the ones that are they're great. You always get on with them well. They're always, uh, you know, your kids never give you any issues. <laughs> your parents are great. They love to, love you to be around. We had Christmas this year. It's, um, I don't know if we'll do that again. <laughs> oh, Lord. My next point is honor your parents. Um, but yes, I think even as I was preparing, I just, I just, there was a feeling that, that a lot of us, and I think some of us, there's divisions in our families, there's, there's, there's breakages in our families that God really wants to heal. And, and oftentimes there's, a, there's, there's blockages that just come in our way. And, and we, 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 get, we get prideful, we don't want to admit anything is wrong. And God's actually saying as Christians, we need to be the ones that step out in love. We need to be the ones that reflect Jesus. We need to be the ones that step out into their world and bridge that gap. Because that's what Jesus would have done. And that's what Jesus would do if, if, if he was with our family and he was in our position. Like I said, yeah, I'm not going to go on to the do honor your parents. I think that's a, it's also one. But it's just not your kids. It's also, it's also your parents. It's all relatives. I've got the scripture here, 1 Timothy 5 verse 8. It says, the, you know, one of your first responsibilities is to take care of your relatives. And I think it's something that we need to, we need to imbibe that or in, in, ingest that as Christians, that we should reflect our love. And first and foremost is for our friends and for our family, that are those that are close to us. Second one is how do we treat those who we work with? You know, we spend eight hours, ten hours a day, depending on, on your work, with people that you, you just go around with. Um, how, do you, how do you treat th those people? How do they reflect? How do they understand that you are a Christian? How do you interact with them? Do you, are you showing them the love of Christ? I, I thought about it. You know, how, how, do I, how do I interact with the people that work for me? So I'm, I'm in a fortunate position. I'm a manager. I've got people that report through to me. Do I care for them? Do I know them? But in the same context, I've also got, got domestic workers that work for me. Some guys work in the garden and, and in our house. Do I love and care for them? Am I paying them a, a living wage? Do I, know, do I know what their home circumstances are? Am I expressing the love of God 
to those people that, that work for me? Am I, am I reflecting that? How do we reflect on our bosses? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm in the corporate world. There, there's politics and there's backstabbing. It's not always easy. But the Bible encourages us, encourages us to work for them as if we were working for the Lord. And um, I, know, I, know, I know this week has been preparing. God's been challenging me on that one. That's, uh, how, do I respect them? Do I honor them? Do I treat them as I would, as if it was God asking me to do something? And then thirdly, just the wider community. So I, I love being in this church. We all love reaching communities. We have Malakanya. We have the reaching out to the, the, the different people in the area. We do. Uh, this the scripture that uh, Johan read uh, in James. Um, religion that the Father accepts is, uh, that, that is pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their, in their affliction or their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. As a church, we do well, I think, in looking after the poor and the widows. We do well for loving the bucket. We do well for Malakanye. But I would just also like to encourage us, are we individually representing Christ to our community around us? Are we looking out for those that are, are poor? And we run into them in this country with 30-odd unemployment rates, 50% un uh, youth unemployment rates. It's not difficult to find people that are in difficult situations. I can guarantee there's people in this church that have difficult situations. Are we standing with them? Are we, are we representing Christ? And that, that often means sacrifice, not necessarily financial, and it does come with some wisdom that needs to come into place, but are we standing with them and are we demonstrating Christ's love to those people? But also in the wider community, there's, and I've also touched on it, there's this, this church. Um, James, in a, in, I think James 2 says, uh, if you see a brother in need and say, be blessed, my brother, I'm praying for you. But don't actually do anything to help him out with his physical need. Your, your faith is actually worthless. Um, so coming back to my conclusion, which is the thing I started with, and uh, it, it, it's Matthew 28, you know. God says, go, disciple all nations. And it's, it's, a lot of that is about making disciples. It's about being disciple and going through that process and growing up into the things of God and also discipling other people, bringing them through into all that God has for them. And I think we as a church, we need to realize that everyone's on this journey and everyone's, everyone's that. And as, as you listen today, and I think you sort of, this is not a tick box exercise because there's also, there's also this, this view that, you know, like you look at it and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I give to the guys on the road every now and then. You know, I'm okay, and I'm better than so-and-so. And, you know, if on average, I'm probably okay. The problem with that is we're setting our standard to the things of the world, whereas actually our standard is Jesus and becoming like him. And he is the one that we need to stand up to. And once we realize, I'll never be Mother Teresa, I'll never be Jesus, I'll never get up to your standard, but I'm on a journey to reach that spot. I'm on a journey to reach to where, where he wants me to be. Um, with that, we have to have grace and compassion to treat other people who are also on that journey with us. Maybe they're not as far down the journey on certain aspects, so other people will be further along with us. That's why there's this process of discipling and of growth in, in Jesus. So that's it from me. As I said, that was my conclusion. So um, just, a, just an encouragement, spurring you on to good works. Think about how we reflect Jesus to those around us. But um, Johan, over to you. I think we can do better than that.
Sure. I've got a couple of things that I think is worth responding to. Is that all right? Uh, firstly, with Andy's one, he, he said that our hearts need to be soft, pliable, malleable before God. The only way we do that is if we immerse ourselves into God's presence. Holy Spirit is on us. The oil of the Spirit flows through us. So there's a response there. Response is on a Sunday, but the response is also in week. Are you taking the two minutes and 35 seconds that you've got in the car to listen to a song that, that reminds you about the greatness of God? Are you taking it? Or are you choosing to listen to 702? If you want your heart to be soft and malleable before God, immerse yourself in the presence. Another way to immerse yourself in the presence is being in His Word. That's what Andy said. I like the challenge you put out to us, Brew. Are there family rests? It's, we should start with family. It's true. And it's also true that not all family situations are redeemable here on earth. But in God they are. But sometimes the best we can do for the current situation and families is to say, God, I choose to forgive. And I set them free. That takes guts. Sometimes you don't get the opportunity to tell the people that to their faces, but you can speak it out to God. And from your side, reach out one, one more time. Like Jesus said, Father, let me just turn the soil around this in the, in the Gospels when he says, I'm just going to turn the soil on this tree that hasn't given fruit one last time. I just extend that olive branch one last time. You can respond this morning to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and to the revelation that you already have of who you are in Christ. New conviction that brought this morning or revelation that you're already walking in as a living stone. So we're going to respond to that. So you are, just close your eyes and say, God, what, what is there that I need to respond to this morning? Each one of us know where our hearts fall within tenderness and, and rock. Father, I pray that my heart will always be tender before you. No matter what circumstances come, Lord. No matter how many disappointments come, Father, keep my heart tender. God, you've given me the revelation that we need to look after the poor and the orphan and the needy. Father, I want to act upon that now. Lord, thank, thank you for convicting my heart anew and afresh this morning about seeking you in restoring family and friends and relationships. Perhaps there's a conviction this morning, for somebody that you need to go and make peace with in this building. It's not impossible. Jesus, above it all, we ask you to be the preeminent one. The one we see above it all. We thank you. We thank you for that. 
just a few more seconds. Do your business with your Lord, your Savior, your Father. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.